bankers mostly think about how can I eliminate risk and how can I eliminate expenses? And so marketing is completely different. It's always a risk to put a message out there, whether it be compliance risk, reputational risk, expense risk, there's always a risk. So you're doing something that makes you vulnerable out the gate. listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journeys series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series and I'm excited to welcome John Oxford to the show because John has a new book, No More Next Time, Marketing in the Age of Distraction. I have this here in my hand. Highly recommend you go and pick up a copy today. In addition to launching his new book, John is also the Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Renaissance Bank, as well as the co-host of the Marketing Money Podcast. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, James. Thanks for having me, especially with uh, all that's going on. I wish we could be in the same studio or same conference, and uh, but it's it. The Zoom thing's cool, so it's the kind of the new world we're in right now. It really is, and you know, th- let's talk about that because this this post COVID nineteen world that I'm calling it really requires all of us to rethink about how we're positioning, about how we're marketing, about how we're communicating about our financial brands and the communities that we serve. You're on the front lines doing this. And I understand that for many financial brand marketing teams, sales teams, leadership teams, it's so easy to feel frustrated. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed with everything going on. But what is one thing right now that you're excited about based upon the work that you're doing at at your bank? Well, one thing that's, that's excited and it's in the name of your, of your company and uh, and podcast is the digital aspect of it. I mean, we've had a chance to relook at how we approach banking with traditional retail customers. You know, most banks now have moved to a teller, uh, excuse me, a drive-through only platform with, if you want to see a teller, you have to make an appointment, go inside if you need your safe deposit box or something like that. So what an opportunity to look at, relook at your website, relook at your app, relook at the interactions you have over digital. And uh, it, I think it's kind of fast forwarded banks. There's always an event about every 10 years or, or so that fast forwards banking. Remember 9-11, we got check 21. Yep. And so you could then go, uh, you didn't have to have all the paperwork before because it's kind of moved. I think this is going to move us to a lot of customers and clients realizing, hey, I can do that mobile deposit. I was just slow to adopt it. I can do a Zelle payment. I was slow to adopt it. Oh, I can do more uh, a loan app over the internet. I can use DocuSign. I can do all these things that maybe I wasn't doing before and uh, be healthy in doing it. So uh, it, it took a weird route to get there. But I think COVID-19 is going to be one of those kind of bell cows for, for a point when digital really became more of a priority than even it was before. It really is. It's, it's, that, it's that crisis, but it's from crisis we get reinvention and we get transformation and we're going to come out on the other side to be that much better. Something Jim Maroos and I had talked about on a, on, a, on a previous podcast. And let's talk about that, that idea of reinvention, that idea of transformation. You, I've mentioned your book, No More Next Time, Marketing in the Age of Distraction. I get it. 
We're living in the age of distraction. We're living in the age of AI. It's exponential change happening. But what do you mean specifically by no more next time? So in today's consumer-centric market, you can start with the big ones, the Amazons, the online e-commerce distributors. That's now expected in banking. It's just everything, you know, can I sign up online? Can I fund my account online? Can I transfer? Can I pay online? Can I do a loan online? Can I run my treasury services online? And if you have to send friction to your customer, if there's friction in the experience, there will not be a next time anymore. If you can't get what you want right now, it's a it's a me, me, me society from memes to selfies to all the vernacular that's out there. If you can't get it right now, there is no more next time. If I can't get it at this place, I'm just going to click and get it somewhere else. So you have to have your commerce, your transfer, your whatever it is that you want to call it for your bank ready for for now, because if you miss it, there's not going to be a next time. If I can't get my loan here today, I'm just clicking to the next bank. I'm not driving down the street. I'm doing it from my kitchen table with my phone in my hand at, at midnight if I want to. So there's no more next time if you miss your opportunity in today's marketplace. And that, that idea of no more next time, meeting people where they are, uh, I think is more relevant now in this post-COVID-19 world. You mentioned it, uh, drive throughs are shut down. This is going to, just like it's forcing financial brands to change our behaviors, our way of thinking, it's also forcing consumers to transform their behavior and their ways of thinking that they might not go back and they probably won't go back because those new behaviors will be new habits, particularly when it comes to activities like banking. So the the experiences that people expect from a financial brand are being set by GAFA, the Googles, the Amazons, the Facebook, the, the, the Apples of the world. In the opening pages of your book, you write, you might look at this book and think, I've already seen a thousand marketing books. Why does there need to be one more? It's a, it's a great question. Um, and look, it's in the eye of the, the reader, you know, eye of the beholder. But I feel like there's so much traditional person, place, price, promotion, the old P's. I said, let's place doesn't matter anymore. Price almost doesn't matter because you can find discounts, you can find wholesales, you can find ways around things. With banks, you can look at different pricing. So it almost doesn't matter because the value may be more important than the fee. And then people, uh, if you talk about digital, the person is important as a programmer or a data scientist or whatever you have, but it's not important as it used to be where you would traditionally go down, meet with someone and get your loan and go through a, a credit process, which credit's still important. But my, my point in that is that I think we've moved to a 4C versus a 4P, and mine is, is content, connection, conversion, and all that's wrapped in campaigns, the delivery mechanism. And so I think it starts with content. How are you getting the customer to pay attention? Because they're distracted, and there's no more next time if they miss it. Then how do you connect with them, move them to a conversion, and you wrap those in a campaign of delivery? So that's where what the book really goes through is the 4Cs of, of modern marketing. Yeah, you, I, I love that because that idea of the old world of, of price, placement, product, promotion, transforming that thinking through your four C's model, but it comes back to the idea of meeting people where they are, creating value 
promoting transformations of people versus the promotion of a commoditized product. Let's actually break into one of those those specific C's, the idea of connection, because this is a repeated pattern that I'm hearing from those that I've been interviewing for the podcast, along with the primary research that we've been doing here at the Digital Growth Institute. Connection and really human connection in this digital world is going to be more important than ever before because we're in the banking of, 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 of people. We're in the business of people. It's, it's a human interaction. Let's talk about what you call the great eight of connection. Yeah, so the great eight connection are, are just the steps to connect with. And um, I, I guess I could open up and read it to you, but, but I really want to go down the point of its, um, its mass intimacy. And it's, it's a mass communication that's intimate because of this little tool right here. This little thing that every person probably has. And I, I say in my book, don't write to absolutes, but we can speak to them. And it, most people have one or two phones, in fact, and their family plan with four people having them and iPads and iPhones and, and Androids. And so it's created a mass intimacy market. Uh, I think you see that with a, a product that just rolled out last week in, in Quibi. Mm, uh, short yes. form content delivery that connects because you're going to bed. I can't watch a two hour movie, but I can watch a seven minute show and absorb that before I fall asleep. And I think that fits to connectivity in that speak to your audience. Don't bring negative stereotypes into it. Be quick, be accurate and, you know, use good production value to show that you're a professional entity. But I, and we can talk more about Quibi because I think that is a bell cow for where maybe uh, content is going and banks should pay attention to that. I'm going to talk about it as I, as I make rounds. But to your point of this whole thing and the, the connectivity, it has to connect. It can't just be the same old handshake. I used to laugh and make fun of banks and their advertising and say, did the CFPB say you had to have a handshake in your advertising? Because every bank would show a friendly person handshaking <laughs> in the ad. Well, now people don't handshake anymore because of COVID-19. So do ads, do banks even have any advertising they can put in the marketplace right now because it was all handshakes? Yep. And I used to laugh at that. And now handshakes are passe. They're done with for the time being. So that would, that would be a point of connectivity. Are you connecting with where your audience is? To your point right now, they're not handshaking. So how are you meeting them with the narrative of where they're living their life? No handshakes. They're probably not going in the bank. They're not seeing the, the pretty teller line with it all cleaned up. Their banking is at their kitchen table on their laptop. It's on their phone, or it might be a phone call if they're walking through the, the PPP loan process with SBA. Uh, but other than that stuff, you're dead on. It is right now, right where the consumer is, and the consumer's at home. The consumer is at home, and that presents some challenges uh, in a few different aspects. Let's get into the hearts and minds of people because that isolation, number one, we're communal creatures. We're meant to be together and share a sense of purpose. But if I'm at home alone, I'm isolated and I'm home alone, isolated, I'm worrying about my financial situation. What are the opportunities for a financial brand to provide a little bit of help, to provide even probably more so, not just help, but even hope to that person sitting at home alone, worried, stressed, frustrated. So I, I think there's three or four things you can do. One is we um, we at Renaissance produced some content where we did a, some that we call they're like skits, but they're just short form content pieces. And I joke we were doing Quibi before Quibi was the Quibi, but we did one where it was staying at home and the dog always wanted to walk and pay attention and was bugging the person. We've done one where it was about homeschooling, and uh, it joked about how uh, tough homeschooling is on a parent who's not used to being a teacher. 
And so we've done some stuff to make you feel like, yeah, I, I'm part of this community and that relates to me. So one is uh, the content and the connectivity. And at the end, it's not a hard brand sale. It's just, hey, we're Renaissance Bank. Our tagline is understanding you. We understand our consumer. We show that in our content. Then the next part is, okay, they've kind of hung on to you and your content. How do you connect? Well, we have products, mobile checking, transfer, Zelle, all these other products, which we don't need to go through those. Your audience will know them. But how do you then deliver that so the customer is aware? Again, we saw a big uptick in seniors, the senior demographic, calling our call center and saying, hey, how do I get on online banking? Mm. They've been online. They have a computer. Uh, just due to not – they probably had you know their grandson come over and, hey, set up my app, and I'll get to it when I can. Or, or son, can you – you know, the old help me fix the VCR story. Well, we've seen that a lot in some of our banking in that uh, a newer demographic, 65-plus, have really – turned on to digital banking now and uh, we have numbers to back that up and it's just interesting because they could always do it it's just like why take the time i can get out and drive i don't you know i'm retired i have the time to just do old school banking and now it's like oh i i can do this and they're finding out how efficient it is and how healthy it is at the same time yeah and that's the idea that you know now that we're seeing that behavior change new habits are being formed odds are it's probably not going to go back to the way that it was in 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 the pre-covid 19 world you're talking a little bit about these go-to-market strategies these 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 content pieces the short form content one of the challenges and you write about this in the book that that i see with financial brand marketing teams is for far too long they've been viewed as a cost center some feel like they're nothing more than a glorified in-house kinkos or worse and and i quote and i've heard this a few times now is that people think that we're just kids that play with paint and crayons like i get it (laughs) i get i get why marketing has been viewed that way historically however the good news for 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 all of us is that the world has changed marketing can prove its value and that's why one of the 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 four c's you write about is conversion can you provide some perspective for a financial brand marketing team a sales team a leadership team about what are the types of conversions that we can track beyond just the 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 affinity of brand recognition yeah so so i always say you got to start with brand though and the reason and and then i'm going to get to your question but i want to set it up sure uh there's five six thousand banks right now if you want to throw credit unions in there there's probably thirteen thousand of us let's just it could be 12 it could be 14 but let's just say 13 for a number thousand i I believe in banking there's been some research 70 percent share a common word in their name we all first national state trust merchant farmer something like you know in a direction north south it's like there's we share a name so you've automatically debranded yourself with a name then throw in the ultimate commodity of banking is checking it's lending and then it's you know treasury and and a few other products but and then this overly regulated by government so you can't go out and do some of the things that fintech may try to do and some other stuff so you're set in this box Yep. And so you're really only way out. You can't really introduce any out of the box pro- uh, products because you got a core that limits you. You've got regulations, so it's it's got to be brand. It's got to be what's your. Can you do a name? Can you do a logo that stands out with a story and a narrative that sets you apart? So okay, so it starts the brand. Let's take brand out of the way. Move to conversion because, like you said, it's just a bunch of people with crayons trying to draw pretty pictures and say, "Oh, look at that pretty ad." But it's more than that now. It's using an MCIF or CRM to track data. And then how do you put your data into play? One way we saw is, and this is a simple one, look at the, the bounce rate and the hit on your homepage. 89 to 85 to 90% of your 
of your hits are just going there to log in. They're not looking at anything on your site. You're spending all this time doing content and building all this robust, you know, how-to video, whatever. All they're doing is clicking the login, going straight to the core, and doing a transaction and getting out. That's why we started a content site. But that's how you can use data to look at conversions because you're not converting anyone directly on your website. You need to go through, is it geofencing? Is it web? Is it native advertising? Is it brand? And Click helps on that with online account opening processes. But you can go through, you know, a couple of years ago, we met with a, a major brand and, and a big Amazon-type AWS type service and they were saying social media won't convert anybody to a bank client and I said I think it will and I've seen a lot of proof of that is if you have a tracking system like social studio or the gremlins and social assurance and all these other vendors that are out there partners that are out there to banks and you probably do it too you can go through and track complaints and say uh, a bank has a complaint we'll hop in right behind there and say hey we may be able to help you and then they click through it. If you bring the account over, you've literally formed a conversion off a social media post. And that's you have to be kind of hyperactive on social monitoring to do that. But that's the way you can do it. Another good conversion metric right now is look at your drive-through tellers because of COVID, people are, are just driving through versus going in and see how many of those transactions could be moved to a digital transaction. So if you see that 20 or 30% of your clients are just cashing a check in the drive-through and it's under your your maximum ceiling of a, of a check to deposit, pass them a note, send, find out who just send them an email, send something that says, hey, do you know you could be doing this and walk them through the step to do it and you'll, you'll move them to being a digital consumer. And it's like you mentioned earlier, once they do it once or twice, usually they have now adopted that pattern in their banking. Yeah, you know, what I'm hearing is two things. One, it's the art and science of marketing colliding. It's not just the pretty pictures, but it's the data and then being able to figure out what that means and applying that, the context, so content and context. But I really liked your your perspective too about social listening, listening to those who might be in need and then coming to them with a solution saying, hey, we're here to help. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's almost not only marketing art and science colliding, but it's like marketing and sales colliding now. And so we got all of this overlap and we're all working towards a bigger purpose, which comes back to your point. It starts with brand, the idea of purpose and why do we do what we do? How can a financial brand position around brand digitally if we might not have the face-to-face interactions that we once were used to having pre-COVID-19? So, so a lot of that is content and building really good, attractive content. And, and you've got to get away from, and I joke about it, but the handshake and kind of the traditional wholesome, whole spun, it's got to be more, what are you doing for the client? What value are you bringing? And, and some of it can be entertainment or infotainment or even comedy, because to your point on the social, if I see another bank, a client's having problems with another bank and they post a complaint and you come under it and you say, we would love to help you. We're Northwest South Trust Bank of the first. <laughs> we don't know who you are, but you come by and say, we're Renaissance, we're Truist. I'm just saying names that are kind of unique and they've heard of your brand and maybe seen it. So if they're in the Southeast, we hope they've heard of us. It's like, oh, I've seen that bank stuff. Oh, you're, you're the guys that do SEC shorts. You're the guys that do so true. You're the guys that do dream together with the Nashville MLS soccer team. Oh, I've heard of you. Yeah. Glad you reached out. So you've already built some brand awareness or at least some brand empathy when you've 
touch them digitally on their complaint that you understand and then you're trying to bring them in. So I think it does start with brand, but then you have to back it up with the product. Yes. And that's, you know, that's the digital aspect is we could tell them we're the greatest bank in the world. And then if they get a, a not good experience, well, then you've lost your brand promise. So it has to be, again, art and science. It's yep. art and science, like you said. So I, you, you said it better than I can right there. Technology has transformed our world and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to because James Robert wrote the book that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Now back to the show. Using digital, to take that a little bit further, using content to really make deposits in a consumer's mental trust fund because it's they might not take action at that moment in time because we know that buying a financial product is a very complex journey it's not point a to point b it's a to z and there's all of these little nuances that happen in between but content as as we talk about here at the digital growth institute content is the fuel of the digital growth engine. It's what makes all the gears turn, whether it's in social, whether it's in marketing automation, whether it's in a CRM, content is really central to everything. And I think that's 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 why I, I was fascinated in the book you wrote, marketing is ultimately vulnerability. Because you're putting your message, your content out there. And when you put anything out, there's feedback. A lot of folks you write are scared about marketing of the vulnerability of putting themselves out there. So not everyone is a great marketer. What do you mean by that? Well, let's think about this. You work in the financial services industry. I do as well. There's two things bankers hate, risk and expense. Yeah. They like to save money, better margin. You know, it's all about saving, not spending on the bank side. And then risk. They don't like risk. We like to know what's going on. We know our clients. There's the... Uh, the credit piece of it. And so when you got bankers mostly think about how can I eliminate risk and how can I eliminate expenses? And so marketing is compl completely different. It's always a risk to put a message out there, whether it be compliance risk, reputational risk, expense risk, there's always a risk. So you're doing something that makes you vulnerable out the gate. I've had plenty of campaigns that were completely rejected by executive management when we when I pitched them. And I've had plenty that, it, that have been like, this is gonna be the coolest thing you've ever done. And so it's almost like when you hear actors talking about when they go pitch to be in a movie or something, how many times they get turned down, even the best ones before they get one, like you're rejected for 400 before you land one. It's kind of way marketing is a lot of your ideas and a lot of your creative is going to be rejected because of risk and expense. You, you know, you want to make this huge ad. Well, they won't pay for it. Or you want to do something that's really cool, but does it, is it too funny? And so your bank is more of a stodgy column marble looking bank. And so trying to be humorous 
isn't really in your brand narrative. So then that gets pushed aside because of a risk that maybe a, a CEO thinks they don't want to do. And so it is vulnerable because you're putting yourself out there. You're taking a risk on reputation. You're taking a risk on building an audience. And so, uh, so look, and you're doing everything against what banks do risk and expense because you're spending money without a sure ROI on the front end with content. Now, look, you can build it. You can build an ROI model, but on the front end, when you're pitching it, it's really hard to, unless you're just kind of making it up a, a true ROI, uh, especially in just brand. And so look, I'm telling you, it's vulnerable and, and marketers have to be brave. I know it sounds funny, but it's like, I don't want to be demeaning towards military, but it's kind of like being a soldier. You got to go out there and put your guns out and take your shot. And a lot of times you're going to miss and a lot of times you're going to hit, but uh, you got to be brave and uh, you got to be you know, willing to take some risk. And I don't think banks do that enough. And, and I don't mean like crazy risk, like don't get into like compliance issues and trying to mislead or anything, but you've got to get out there. And just banks were real hesitant to get out there and try to be as good at marketing as I think we can be. So I've been advocating for years for financial brand marketing teams to transform beyond just like the commoditized promotion or the commoditized campaign, make investments in content, even to the point to where marketing looks and acts more like a media team. There you go. And I get the idea of risk, but here's the thing. If, and this is, this is like just thinking out loud, how much will it cost a financial brand if they don't find the courage to commit and take action in this post COVID-19 world? What's the risk in that? Well, I, I think we have to look at your exact words. I don't think you'll be a brand. I think you'll just be a random money transfer building on the corner. I think you'll 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 be a, a location that people won't even think about because you you won't be where they are. You won't be digital. You won't be on the phone. You won't be on the computer. You'll be a a static thing. You won't be a brand. Yeah. Uh, so so I think post COVID, it's going to be customer service is going to be an all time high, but it's a different type of customer service. The ability to meet the customer from tracking CRM, MCIF systems, automated campaigns. AI is still, it depends on your audience. There's a certain audience that, that, like, for instance, with the PPP loan program, there were certain people that wanted a banker to talk to them every day and tell them where they are in the process of their app with the SBA. There are others that wanted to just log on, pipe in their, their tax records and their payroll forms, hit send, and then just wait on an email. So you really have to know which ones, but I think that's meeting the client where they want to be. I think that's where community banks can do really well because they still have a relationship model, but if they'll invest in digital and invest in that in technologies in that area, I believe that's where community banks can win moving forward is, is they, they stay with that customer that still needs that handhold, but they can move digital. Now your major money centers, they've gone almost all digital. We've seen it play out with SBA. We've seen it play out what's going on right now. And I think it's good for them because they have such a mass amount of customers. It's almost hard for them to touch that small customer in a, in a rural area. Uh, so I, I'm not picking on big banks. All so they're doing it correctly with their digital aspects, but I think community banks need to adopt more of that digital aggressiveness 
post-COVID because it's going to be the way they can deliver because now they can deliver content and they can see who's reading it. They can see who's opening it. They can tailor it towards the customer based on certain criteria. And so uh, I'm telling you, post-COVID, if you're not into content connection and conversion, and I wrote this before I even knew what Corona was going to be, uh, it just so falls into what I think the next play is going to be. Throw the four Ps out and use the three C's delivered through campaigns. I needed four to match the four, but it's really three C's that, that you need to uh, to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, it's it's really, and, and, and to come back, it's about gaining clarity into what the opportunities are. It's about building courage and commitment to move forward with a solidified strategy. And then it's about having the confidence just to take the next step uh, and apply some of this thinking, but also transforming the conversation from a converse and moving beyond a conversation. Oh, we failed. We didn't get what we needed. No, it's we didn't fail. This is what we learn, and this is what we can do even better next time. So thinking about being even better next time, let's take a moment as we wrap up. And and really, such a great conversation with you today, John. Um, appreciate all the pra- appreciate practical knowledge and the insights. I'm a financial brand marketing team leader. I'm, I'm in sales. I'm on the leadership team of a financial brand. What is one thing that you could recommend for me to not only think about, but to find that courage to commit to do over the next 12 months in my own journey of growth? So if you mentioned those are different positions, but let's hit on all of them. Sure. I think adopting digital as a platform to deliver your brand and your message and so it's if you're not good on camera start blogging if you're not good on blogging and writing find a staff member to do it for you ghostwrite for you get out there on social media twitter linkedin and start engaging with these audiences engaging for your bank and then see if your marketing team can help you amplify that message and um you know i've heard it say that branding is basically a promise backed up by an experience it's a mm. promise. So we're promising something. And then when the consumer takes your promise, it has to be backed up by the experience. So bankers need to realize we're going to start making promises on what we can do and deliver it through digital channels. I can't tell you how many bankers I've got lined up that have been at home now and, and have now gotten comfortable with Zoom and gotten comfortable seeing themselves on camera talking. And they're like, you know what? I want to do a little show. I want to do a little marketing minute every week i want to yes. do a little product update so product update so you're getting our service update and and testimonial stories I, I know that's as old as anything a client testimonial story but what did you do as a bank to help your customers during covid and then how can you share those stories now that you've built that trust that then becomes the promise built by that experience so again it all come back to that but if i was going to do one thing coming out of this i would get on probably linkedin if not um yeah, Facebook's a little bit more like family, personal, but I would adopt LinkedIn, maybe post it on Twitter too, but really attack a lot of content on what I did, my expertise, and share it with the world and, and engage with my marketing team to help me polish it up. Yes. You know, quick cuts, logo, maybe some, some uh, you know, music that's uh, right, copyright free or whatever, trademark free music, copyright free music. And I'd go out there and I would really hit my content delivery as quickly as I could afterwards. Yeah, what's your spe- royalty free music? I was I was mis- misquoting myself. The royalty free music. <laughs> no, w- what you're speaking on is such a solid path forward because really we've moved from traditionally what in financial services would have been a service economy. That became the experience economy. But my prediction is that COVID-19 is forcing us to really level up and elevate ourselves into what I'm going to call 
the knowledge or the expertise economy because financial services is a very complex subject matter and you know people oftentimes have a false sense of confidence that they know what they need to do with their money but just like any of us like if you have a health problem you're going to call a doctor if you have a car problem you're going to go see an auto mechanic just like if i have a money problem i want to position my financial brand as the expert in the local marketplace and i i liked what you said you've got a lot of bankers who are sitting at home they're getting comfortable using this video communication like we are right now on zoom but we're also getting the audio for the podcast and it recalls a conversation I had like last week um, with a group of 30 financial brand leaders in a round table. They're like, well, what if it's not good enough? Don't let fear hold you that, back. That's the whole thing right there. Well, when we talked about fear and, and, uh, and risk, and then you, you talk about, you know, uh, that whole thing, you know, just being vulnerable, that's what it is. And if you're, and if you're not, you're going to lose. I, I hate to say it that way, but you might have an old portfolio that you can manage until you retire that you've kind of, you know, inherited in the bank. But if you're a, I would say if you're a 40 ish and younger banker, and this is not today, but like, you know, an experienced banker, they're going to be able to navigate this with probably their past portfolio and their experience, which again, to your point though, they're now a trusted advisor and they're advising those clients what they can do, but they've already got the experience because they're known in the marketplace. They have a legacy portfolio. They know what they're doing. But if you're kind of in that middle to younger demographic, digital is your platform. Look, it can be Instagram pictures of your customers holding the check they got or standing outside reopening their business. I mean, there's so many stories to be told post COVID, but to your point, you got to have that vulnerable ability and look, just take it on the chin. When I, when we did started uh, marketing money podcast, I had tons of friends and we all rib each other. And I was like, my friends are going to kill me. They're going to haze me so bad. Dude, I found out all my friends were listening to it. And they would like jokingly send me texts of quotes and just silly stuff we see on the show. They're like, this is hilarious, or this I learned something today. And some of them are just like, I didn't learn anything, but I'm listening to you because I'm your buddy. But like, you've got to get through, I think, a lot of the vulnerabilities of, well, somebody else is doing it. Someone else is smarter than me. Someone else knows this better. Dude, like, that's done with. Like, build your audience, go out there. Maybe you're better at delivering the message than they, if you're not as smart. Maybe they're, maybe they're better at delivering, but you're smarter. Like, there's always a niche you can find in your personality to deliver this stuff. And so it's got to be content delivery uh, on your expertise as a banker. So I'm, I'm hearing really kind of two things as we wrap up. Number one, you talk about the under 40 uh, leader. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give a different perspective. I had a my wife and I had a personal conversation recently with her esthetician here in Houston, and and this woman, uh, her name's Linda, and she has a L Skin boutique, and she's been shut down now for like four to six weeks. She's like, I I don't know how much longer I can handle this, <laughs> and, I, and I said, Linda, she's 68. I said, Linda, this is your opportunity to reinvent yourself. I said, you have all this time on your hands. Get a phone and start giving product reviews about the products that you're using with clients. Tell them like what problem this product solved. Tell them why it's important to solve that problem and then show them how to use it. And then you post that on YouTube and then you share that with just your clients and ask them to share that with a friend. And I said, you do this time and time again, it's gonna get easier and easier and easier. So here's the thing, you've been doing this yourself. And like you said, you know, when, when you started the podcast, you're afraid people are gonna give you a hard time. But no, people were listening because you were creating value for them. I think we used that term earlier. It's about value creation. If someone wants to connect with you, John, to continue the dialogue that we've started today, continue the conversation, what's the best way for them to connect with you? So the best way is easily just look me up on LinkedIn. 
or you can um, you can email me. I, I do have a little like general camp uh, campaign marketing help at gmail.com campaign marketing help at gmail.com and uh one last thing i'll say this because i put it in my book i got one of those google text deals and i don't even have the number memorized it's so fresh 662-205-6288 662-205-6288 you can text me and i will respond if you want to have a conversation if you want to talk about the book if you want to make fun of me or have me make fun of you whatever it is uh, i'm game for any of that because i think we all have to help each other right now and help each other through this. And then on the other side, uh, we can all be peers and, and celebrate our success together. That's right, John. Hey, get the book. No more next time marketing in the age of distraction. John, thanks again for joining me on another episode of banking on digital growth. Thanks, James. Appreciate you until next time. Be well, do good and wash your hands. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.